Hello everyone, and welcome to the Makers and Mystics Artist Profile Series, Episode 16. This week's profile is not a feature about a particular artist or historical figure, but instead, it's about a place. Even deeper, it's about the human drive for restoration and the role that art plays in bringing this about. Some might agree that places can have just as much, if not more character and personality than many people. Places certainly carry their own histories and stories, as do the people who inhabit them. Buildings, landscapes, and neighborhoods are marked by beauty or hardship. They can be welcoming or repulsive, weathered by age and experience, They can be a testament of times past or a foreshadowing of tomorrow's innovation. And we often relate to particular locations just as we do to other people, with fond memories or painful recollections. Certain cities or architectural structures evoke a distinct response, much like certain people draw different aspects of our personalities. The beach may make us feel relaxed, while the mountains may pull from us a sense of awe or contemplation. Our childhood home may awaken nostalgia, while cathedrals naturally posture us toward reverence. Today's episode is about a cathedral we've heard mentioned in the news recently due to the fire that's destroyed much of its structure. I'm talking, of course, of Paris's iconic cathedral, Notre Dame. The history of Notre Dame begins during the reign of King Louis VII. Its construction began in the year 1163 and was completed in 1345. It was considered an architectural and artistic masterpiece. Notre Dame was one of the world's first Gothic cathedrals and had many unique features such as its arched exterior supports, known as flying buttresses. However, as surprising as it may be for us to comprehend today, by the year 1830, this work of architectural mastery had been neglected and fallen into ill repair. The cathedral had been vandalized during the French Revolution when many of its paintings were looted and statues were decapitated and dragged away. Many of its stones were crumbling, while larger stones were designated to be used for other purposes such as making foundations for bridges. And the surprising fact is that for some time, it seemed that no one cared. The medieval style of architecture characterizing Notre Dame was being replaced by a public preference to the more modern Renaissance architecture. New structures were being built while these older Gothic structures were being torn down or abandoned. In fact, to some during this time, calling a building Gothic was considered a derogatory term. But novelist Victor Hugo had a different perspective altogether. For Hugo, architecture was the great book of humanity and had reached its pinnacle during the Gothic era. He felt the new modern buildings had little to offer and so he sought to sway the public opinion through his writing. For Hugo, it was important to preserve the past while reaching for the future. He said, a universal cry must finally go up to call the new France to the aid of the old. Hugo took up his pen 
and in 1831 published his critically acclaimed novel, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. His novel served to bring a new interest in the cathedral as fans traveled from all around France to see the place where his characters Quasimodo and Esmeralda had acted out their dramatic and tragic lives. Large sections of his book were devoted to detailed descriptions of the cathedral structure and called for the reader to share his sentiments toward the restoration and preservation of its historical beauty. When people traveled to Notre Dame, they began to see its decrepit condition and were stirred toward preservation. From 1844 until 1864, significant restoration projects began as a result of the book's influence. Two of the people inspired by the novel were the architects Jean-Baptiste Antoine Lassus and Eugène-Emmanuel Viollet-le-Duc. These were responsible for restoring the spire and the building's distinct arches. Eugene also added the cathedral's feature of the gargoyles watching over the city. As this example shows us, the human heart longs for restoration, and it is the artist who embodies this longing through artistic works and creative acts. We long for justice and for wrong things being made right. We are inclined to preserve and sustain beauty because in beauty's longevity is tied our hope that there is something more enduring than the ephemeral passing of our own bodies and physical structures. Places of beauty, historical landmarks, become symbols of a deeper human impulse and reveal our longing for the eternal. As I watched the responses pour in over the destruction of Notre Dame in our own day, I was surprised to see such a depth of grief in some, while others were appalled that wealthy benefactors were pledging millions of dollars for its restoration. The argument goes, why are we spending this much money to restore a building while people in other regions are dying from a lack of clean drinking water? For me, this reaction brings up a fundamental question about the purpose of the worth of art and beauty in the midst of a needy world given to destruction and decay. What is the role of art and artist, and what is the worth of beauty and symbol? And as artists, what is our response to be? In the example of Victor Hugo, his imaginative story accomplished its purpose and served to alter the destiny of the crumbling cathedral from becoming a forgotten piece of history to become a national treasure. I love seeing the role that art plays here in shaping culture, preserving history, and swaying public opinion. In our present day, it could be easy to conclude from the various crises taking place around the world, all of the injustice and political unrest, the rampant poverty and environmental threats, the persecutions and killings, diseases and displacements, it could be easy to conclude that art and beauty are mere adornment or luxury. It could even make some feel that to focus on art and beauty is insensitive or short-sighted. However, I want to suggest that it is precisely because of these desperate situations that the artist is called upon to beautify the world with art and engage these issues from a vantage point of hope. The desperate situation in our world calls for the artist to emerge as a prophetic voice for change. 
we are invited to be the architects of hope and to counter the destruction of life with the opposite spirit in beauty and creativity. My hope would be that the same passion for restoration and the preservation of beauty which put ink into Victor Hugo's pen would inspire us to become those who bring beauty from ashes to this generation and to the generations to come. This Artist Profile episode was written and produced by me, Stephen Roach. We'll be back again next week with a full interview episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Makers and Mystics and to join our creative collective at makersandmystics.com. Thanks so much for listening.